Hey everybody, welcome or welcome back to the Fuel Church Podcast. We're so excited that you're joining us today. We want to thank all of you that give generously to this ministry. It's because of your giving that this ministry is possible. To give, you can visit us at thefuelchurch.com. We hope this message inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy! Uh, Today is the final installment of our series, You've Been Served. Have you enjoyed this series this month? Come on. Learning about what Jesus has to say, what the Bible has to say about serving. And this is our uh, final installment. And um, we've learned a lot in this series. We've learned that when we uh, serve others, we serve in God. We do it unto God. Amen. We've learned that each and every one of us have been given a gift. And that one day we're going to stand before God and he's, he's going to ask us, what did you do with the gifts I gave you? So we'll all stand before God to answer that question. We've learned that serving isn't something else for you to do. It's something for you to fulfill. Your God-given destiny has serving a part of that. I love this quote by Albert Einstein. He said this, and I quote, only a life lived in service to others is worth living. Only a life lived in service to others is worth living. So we have been served well by our Savior, right, who served us well upon that cross and continues to serve us. But furthermore, every time you walk through these doors of this church, you're served well by our amazing team here. Week after week after week. It's not because of any one person. It is a collection of people from all different walks of life. I call them the selfless Christ followers. They've discovered their God-given purpose, and they have experienced what it means to make a difference. They're called the dream team. Can you give it up one more time for the dream team? Love y'all. I hope y'all had fun on Thursday. We threw down, didn't we? We had some church. If you missed it, you missed it. Today, I want to give you eight biblical blessings that we experience when we serve. I don't know about you, but when there are blessings in God's word attached to the promises in God's word, whatever he has for me in my life, I I want to be a part of that. Amen? If God has some blessings for me, uh, sign me up. Amen? So today, I want to give you eight biblical blessings we receive when we serve. I uh, preached this message a few weeks ago at First Thursday and had an overwhelming response and just felt uh, to add a little more to it. So if you've heard this before, I expect an extra amen out of you. Come on, front row. <laughs> so number one, note takers, get ready. Here we go. Serving allows us to discover and develop our spiritual gifts. Serving allows us to, dis- to discover and develop our spirit- spiritual gifts. When you got saved, You were given at least one spiritual gift, most of us several. And in our Next Steps class, we help you to discover that and uh, to really define which ones you have and which ones you're the strongest in. And so that's why we highly encourage you to get signed up for Next Steps because that's going to help you to discover that spiritual gift. And the the Bible has a lot to say about the gifts, and and Paul talks in several different places in his writings. Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. And uh, Paul um, uh, talks about these spiritual gifts that we have been given. Look at this in Romans 12, 6 through 8. It says, in his grace, God has given. Now, let's pause right there. Who has given the gifts? God, in his grace. 
It, it, it's nothing that you worked for. It's nothing that you can earn. Amen? You were given gifts, right? And some of you haven't discovered what that is. Some of you, the gifts inside, you haven't even opened it and started to utilize it and to use it for God's kingdom yet. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. Notice, different. Someone say different. Different isn't bad. Different is just different. Aren't you glad we all don't look the same? Aren't you glad we all don't dress the same? Aren't you glad we all don't root for the same team? Go Notre Dame Fighting Irish, God's team, by the way. Correct your theology right now. Let me just correct it right now. You have bad theology. If you're rooting for, I'm just joking, just joking. Somebody's here for the first time like, oh, God, what do we get ourselves into? Different for doing certain things well. Everything in God's kingdom should be done with a spirit of excellence. From the person cleaning the auditorium, the building, from the person parking cars, from the person up on the stage, to the, to the uh, people teaching our kids and our students and, and, and making the coffee. Come on, somebody. Everything we do should be done with excellence because we serve an excellent God. And so I love that Paul says this. And then he says, so if God has given you, now here he, he begins to list some of the gifts, given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is the gift of giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Now, we're coming into a season of gift giving. Come on, how many love to receive gifts up in here? The rest of you, you trying to act humble. I don't like gifts. Yeah, you do. So usually when you get a gift, who is the gift for? For you. But when God gives you a gift, it's for others. Y'all didn't hear me. That's the best part of the whole message. Let's just close the Bible. Thank you, Gabe. When someone gives you a gift at Christmas or your birthday, it's for you. But when God gives you gifts, it's not for you. It is for others. Hmm. Hmm. So let's talk about these gifts real quick just to give you a, a small definition on some of them. Prophecy. A lot of people have a lot of wrong ideas of what prophecy is, but uh, plainly put, prophecy is uh, speaking faith to what is to come. Are you doing that in your life? Are you calling those things that be not as though they are? Are you seeing things through the eyes of faith? Are you seeing your marriage healed through the eyes? Are you seeing that wayward child come back to the Lord through the eyes of faith? Are you seeing your money turn from being funny to plenty? Come on, somebody. You, that's prophecy, prophecy. Okay? Call those things that be not as though they are. And that's a whole other message for another time. Then serving others is a gift Paul mentions. How many know we can all do that? Don't be like the guy that came up to me. I just like everybody to serve me. My gift is to allow others to serve me. Oh, really? I don't find that in the word. <laughs> Next gift, teaching others. That could be in a classroom setting. Some people are gifted to teach people. They're gifted to teach um, in a class setting or a small group. And then another gift Paul mentions is encouraging others. How many know we can all encourage somebody? We all got that gift. Some of you ain't using it too much. Anyway, moving right along. 
Then there's the gift of giving. Did you know giving to God's kingdom and his house is a gift? I'm not just talking, you know, many of the people who attend this church honor God with the tithe and offering, and that, that is biblical and, and, and part of God's plan to uh, establish his church and to reach uh, his lost kids. But there are people who have been given a gift of generosity, meaning they are blessed, increase has found them, they have worked hard, and it's not, they have a revelation that it's not just for me to take care of us for no more, but I have been given wealth to establish the kingdom of God to help promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's a gift. Some people have that gift, and they realize when they get money and some people large sums of money, it's not just for them. I remember what you did a couple years ago. This man got a lot of money given to him. And he wasn't even in this church yet, but he still called me his pastor. And he said, I got this money, but this is for God. And I said, okay, what do you want to do? And in his heart was to bless some families around Christmas. And he took a very large gift, and we were able to help a lot of kids get Christmas that wouldn't have it. That's the gift of generosity. (laughs) Kindness. Someone say kindness. Oh, you can be a little more kind. We need more kind people, especially Christian. If you're calling yourself a Christian, why are you so mean at the drive-thru when they mess up your order? Why are you so nasty? They've been working like 70 hours right now. They can't get people. They can't even open the dine-in because nobody wants to work. And you mean because they put pickles on your turkey sandwich. Leadership. Some have been given the gift of leadership, right? A few thoughts on spiritual gifts, and we've got to keep moving because I'm going to get out of, out of sorts here. Realize that all gifts and abilities come from God. God gives you the gifts, not man. Man can identify the gift, but only God can give you the gift. And that is the purpose of leadership, to identify the gifts in you, to pull it out of you when you didn't know what was in you. My old pastor, he's in heaven now, Pastor Damola, he had this gift to pull out things that were inside of you that you didn't know was in you. And he was telling me things that were going to happen through me and, and our student ministry and our young adult ministry. And I'm just like, there's no way that can happen. And he believed in me when I didn't believe in myself. You need to get around some people like that. That when you doubt, come on now. Do you know that when you doubt, you go without, right? Okay. A few thoughts on spiritual gifts. Understand that not everyone has the same gifts. Be willing to utilize your gifts wholeheartedly, not holding anything back from God's service. So my question on the first point is this. Have you opened your gift? Have you opened it? Because others need to experience it. Others need to be encouraged by the gift that's in you. Because you're going to encourage people that I'll never reach. Come on, somebody. You work with people. You neighbor with people. You're in families that you'll you'll encourage people that I'll never get to. And if we all discover our gift, we can be used in God's kingdom in a powerful way. Number one is serving allows us to discover and develop our spiritual gifts. Number two, serving allows us to experience miracles. Somebody say miracles. Oh, do you believe God is in the business of doing miracles? Oh, you're here today. 
The song said, you should be six feet under, but you're here today because of his mercy and his goodness. Come on now. Miracles, miracles happen. And I love this story in John chapter two. Jesus was at a wedding and they ran out of wine for the guests. And let's read this. Standing nearby where six stone water jars were used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus told the who? The servants. Fill the jars with water. Wait, Jesus, we're out of wine. Why are we filling it with water? Hold up. When the jars had been filled, he said, now dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. So the servants, what did they do? His mom, the mom, mama Jesus, Mary, come on, y'all know Mary? She was there too. And she said, whatever he tells you to do, just do it. Let me just tell somebody, whatever Jesus tells you to do, just do it. Life is a whole lot better when we obey the words of our master. Anyway, I'm getting off track here. I'm excited today. Okay. When the master of the ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it came from, though, of course, who knew? The servants. He called the bridegroom over. Listen. This miracle in Cana was the first of many extraordinary miracles Jesus performed. And the guest never knew what happened. The guest, they're celebrating this couple getting married. Come on. They're dancing. Come on. They're on their about second or third glass of wine. They're starting to feel it. Come on. They didn't even know that the party ran out of wine. The only people that knew were the people that were a part of the miracle. That was those that were behind the scenes. If you only knew what happens when you're behind the scenes and you're a part of what happens on Sunday and Thursday and you get a glimpse of miracles, you get a glimpse of what God is doing because you were there when the miracle happened. Hmm? Miracles happen when we serve The servants were the ones that witnessed the miracle, and the same is true for us today. You ask, are miracles happening at Fuel Church? Yes, they are. Every time we gather, every week, every day, miracles are happening. And I'm telling you, the greatest miracle in God's kingdom is the miracle of salvation. Somebody coming to know God personally. Somebody acknowledging he is the son of God. Somebody going from death to life. Somebody saying, I acknowledge I have sins and Jesus paid for them on the cross. That, my friend, is the greatest miracle in the kingdom. Greatest miracle. And to this day, since we launched 8,731 miracles to be exact... We're almost ready to cross 9,000. We're almost there. Miracles happening every time we meet. Marriage is being restored. Come on. Young people, students learning who they are in Christ. Kids learning about Jesus at a young age. And I love this. I thought about this. I didn't say this in the other service, but I love that we teach our kids here how to serve at a young age. We have junior assistants. And so they get to be a part of the miracle at a young age, and they grow up that way. And then when they turn 15, they can join the dream team. And so it's part of our DNA. It's part of our culture. Amen? And we get to raise up the next generation. And it's so common to them that miracles happen, and I get to be a part of it. Isn't that pretty awesome? 
Miracles, miracles. As, as we were reading the cards, and thank you so much for all the cards and the tokens of love you gave my family and I, and we sat down for a few hours and read them on Sunday, but there was miracle after miracle written out. There was story after story. One guy said, I was so jaded and hurt by church that I said, I'll never step foot in a church again. Someone invited me to Fuel Church, and I stepped through the doors reluctantly, but the first encounter I had was a church of no judgment. And I begin to give God another chance. And I begin to give his church another chance. And now I'm on the dream team serving using my gift. There, I mean, the stories, the story. There was another guy who said, I'm 34 days clean because of God in this church. I hope it doesn't become common. Another guy was like, I'm 600 and some days clean because of God in this church. I mean, the stories, the miracles that we were reading, the tears were flowing down our face because we get to be a part of it, and you get to be a part of it as you serve in God's house. Miracles every week through small groups, recovery groups, miracles happening. You're sitting next to a miracle. They shouldn't be here today. I said they shouldn't be here today. I said they shouldn't be here today. But they're here. Miracles, miracles. And you'll never know the joy of being a part of a miracle until you serve. Until you serve. Number three, serving allows us to experience the joy and peace that comes from obedience. 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 Someone say obedience. First Peter 4, 10 and 11. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. Notice what Peter says. Hey, you should use it. You should. You know, you know God gives us a free will, right? He'll never make a, he's, he, doesn't, he didn't want to create robots. He didn't want to create us all to say yes, yes, yes. He gives us a free will, a choice. And Peter, I love how he said, you should use it to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and power forever and ever. Amen. You see, because you're obedient and you've used your gift to serve others, you now have this joy and peace that comes from obedience. Hmm? You need to experience the joy that comes from serving others. Some of you have never experienced that. And you're, you're robbing yourself and you're robbing others. Because at the end of today and at the end of every Sunday, there's a group of people that walk away from this place at about 2.30 to 2.45. And there, there's also people who serve in our first service and second service. And they walk away with a feeling of joy and peace, knowing that they made a difference in somebody's life, whether it was a smile or an encouraging word or a, man, I've missed you, man. You're, you're in the right place. And, and I don't care where you've been or what you've done, but welcome home. Whether it was an embrace whether it was a, whatever it was, a handshake, whether it was someone who took time to pray over you, we're walking away from this place experiencing the peace and joy that comes from serving, knowing that we played a part in making a difference in somebody's life. Your smile, your hospitality, your embrace, your encouragement matters. I said it matters. 
Number four, serving helps us to be more like Jesus. It's in your DNA. It's in your DNA. Your DNA comes from your daddy. It's in your DNA. Your heavenly father's a servant. And so it's in you. You didn't realize it, but it's in you. Serving is a part of our identity as Christ followers. And I love this about Jesus. He didn't just serve the strangers and the masses, but he served those closest to him. He served the people in his own community. You know, it's easy to serve others that you don't know. But uh, when God tells you, hey, that serving part, why don't you bring that to the home? Why don't you serve your spouse? Why don't you serve your kids? Men, why don't you rise up to be the man of God, be the spiritual head of the home, and treat your wife, treat her like Christ treats her, how Christ loved the church, gave his life for her. Why don't you lay down your life for your wife? Come on, somebody. And, 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 you know, serve, uh, serve those closest to me. They know everything about me. They know, they know what I look like before I roll out of bed. They know what I look like the first time I see myself in the mirror and I go, ah! <laughs> Scary times in the morning. They, they, they're around me before I brush my teeth and use mouthwash. Come on, somebody. But, but Jesus, Jesus went to his own and, 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 and I love that about Jesus. He didn't just go after the masses, but he took time. And, and here in John's gospel, in John 13, 15, it's not on the screen, but jot it down. He set this example for all of us to follow when he knelt down and took a towel in water and washed the feet of his small group. Yep. Now, God, you could tell me to bless somebody with a $100 bill. You could tell me to take somebody out to the roadhouse to get that Dallas filet with mashed potatoes and brown gravy and green beans with bacon, and the rolls with cinnamon on it. About four of them, Lord, will, will work. You could tell me to do that, but if you tell me to wash the feet of my small group, ee, you know what I'm saying? Like, I love you, but I don't love feet. <laughs> Back to the word. And Jesus washed their feet, and after he washes their feet, he says, now I encourage you to do the same as you serve one another. He actually says, I've set you an example that you should do as I have done. Think about this, the savior of the world. Jesus was in heaven and he comes down, had all authority, could have called on 10,000 angels, the son of God, the highest king, the Lord of lords, but he never placed himself in a position above others. Wow. Never did. He led by serving, and he loved by serving. Did you hear that? He led by serving, and he loved by serving. I love that about him. He washed feet one moment, and then the next moment, he's feeding thousands. One moment, he's casting devils out of people, right? The next moment, he's sitting at a well with one lady who had four husbands, was shacking up with a fifth one named Freaky Freddy. Anyway, if your name's Freddie, don't get offended. But if you do, show up next week on the new message series called Don't Drink the Poison. Jesus showed us that serving others in humility go hand in hand and that leadership, listen, is all about serving. People crack me up. I'm called to be a leader. All right, can you go plunge that toilet real quick? No, I want a microphone. I want to be on a stage. No, leadership is all about serving. It starts with serving, and you never stop serving as a leader. 
Huh? And if you're too big to serve, then you're too small to lead. Ooh, dropping nuggets today. And we believe that the greatest leadership is service to others. Every leader is a servant first, from the parking lot to the pulpit. Everyone serves. Every role is different, but all are important. And I heard this quote this week. Maybe this is for somebody. And I quote, it says this. If you ain't helping, you ain't helping. (laughs) Some of you didn't like it. Point number five. (laughs) Serving surrounds us with other Christians who can help us follow Jesus. Isn't that true? When I get around people, the Bible says iron sharpens iron. You know what you hang around is what you will become. Let me see your five closest friends that text and call you. You're going to become them. You're going to become, no, no, I'm not. Yes, you are. What you hang around is what you become. And sometimes, listen to this, as you're serving, as you're serving and you're with others, sometimes the answer to your prayer is in someone else. You show up when you don't want to show up because you're scheduled. And you're like, I really don't want to be here. I had a bad week. I had a bad morning. And you show up. And before the service starts, one of your team members comes up and says, you've been on my heart all week. What's going on? You break down. They pray for you. Boom, it changes the course of your day. One example that happens every single week here. Every single week here. This is God's plan. Someone say God's plan. This is God's plan for his church and how it should operate. And the writer of Hebrews says this in Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together. Someone said, are we still going to have church? Yep. We're not giving up the meeting together. Amen? Amen. As some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging. Watch this. Part of you come to church, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day of Christ's return approaching. Right? More, not less. Do you see that? As you see the signs of the time, as you see biblical prophecy being played out, you should press in more, not less, as you see that. More of church, more of Jesus, more of serving, more of small groups, more of giving my life away to reach somebody else because I see the signs of the times and time is short. So we got to reach more people. So not less, more, more. And I love this in this scripture. It talks about encouragement. Every time you come here, you need encouragement from somebody and you're called to give encouragement to somebody. Every time you walk through these doors. It's not just what happens on the stage that should encourage. It's what happens in the hallways. It's what happens in the parking lot. It's what happens in the kids' area, in the student area. It's what happens in the bathroom. Come on, somebody. Give a little encouragement up in the bathroom stall. Like, girl, you look good today. Don't let no devil tell you any different. So, 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 I'm running out of time. Not out of word, but out of time. So if you think about church, think about church, the reasons why you should come to church, right? Uh, Boil it down to three main reasons. Number one, church is about worship. Someone say worship. Worship Worship to God, connecting with him and his presence. Number two, it's about word. Somebody say word. Man can't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. 
This helps to align our lives for us to grow spiritually. That's why we come here and that's why we preach the word and not current events. Right? We may reference current events, but we're not preaching current events. Amen? We're preaching the word. And the third main area of church is for fellowship. Worship, word, fellowship. I need to be around people. I need to be around because I've been out in this world and it's crazy. I've been at my job and it's crazy what I'm hearing and seeing and what people are telling me. I've watched the news and it's crazy. So I need to be around other like-minded people for the purpose of encouraging me and then God's going to use me to encourage them. And I close that point by saying this. Some people have never known the joy of belonging to a church because they never embrace the sacrifice of staying in one. Point number six, serving increases our faith. You want your faith to grow? I said, do you want your faith to grow? That's why we're here, right? That's how you got saved. It was by faith. Amen? You want your faith to grow? Start serving. God increases our faith by revealing new potential in us and his church. And when we see God working in the lives of others, it should grow our faith. When we see people taking their next step through baptism in a few weeks, it should grow our faith. When we see over almost 60 people added to the dream team in a few weeks, that should grow our faith. When we see that we're almost ready to pass 9,000 souls saved, that should grow our faith. Because we're a part of that, all of us. If you serve here, if you give here, you're a part of that miracle. Sir, I'm, I'm cutting back because of time's sake. But number seven, serving allows us to experience God's presence in new ways. Right? As we serve others, we experience a fresh touch of God's presence. As we serve others, we invite heaven down to earth. As we care and love God's lost kids, he gets involved. As we praise him, the Bible says God inhabits the praises of his people. That every time we are in this building, he comes down and he meets with us. And that's really what we want. That's what we need to experience. Number eight, serving is good for your soul. It's good for your soul, right? Studies have shown that volunteering and serving is good for the mind and body. So much so that it can ease symptoms of stress, anxiety, and depression. It's good for your soul. It's good for your soul. Now, fifth week of this series, and I understand we have people with all different rational explanations on why they can't serve. For some, it's like, I just don't have time. My schedule's too busy. I don't have time. For others, I don't know what to do. I don't know where I fit in. For some, it's, I don't have any special skills or abilities that I see other people have. For others, it's like, they don't need me. They don't need me. And, uh, for somebody, it's my past is too marred and too dirty for God to use me. Like, I have too many insecurities for God to use me. But I want to tell you this, that God never calls the qualified, but he qualifies the called. And that throughout this book, God used men and women just like you who thought those things over their life. He used men and women with similar doubts to change the course of history. Moses couldn't even talk right he had a stuttering problem and God said no no that's all right I'll I'll use that 
in my weakness, that's when you become strong. When you are weak, you tap into my strength. David had lots of sins in his life, kept messing up. God used him. Mary, teenage girl Mary, gets pregnant by the Holy Spirit to give birth to the Savior of the world. Esther, she had no confidence. She didn't believe in herself. Paul was a murderer. Do you remember Paul? Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Paul was used by God. Gideon, Gideon, just no self-confidence, low self-esteem. God says, you're a mighty warrior. And he said, who are you talking to, God? You ain't talking to me. I'm the least in my tribe. God used him. Noah got drunk. God used him. I'm here to tell you today, no matter where you're at in your life, that God has a place for you in his house. God has a place for you. And that every time you show up and use your gift, you're a part of storing up heavenly treasure. And you're a part of life change that is taking place in the hundreds and thousands of lives that come to this place. God needs you. Not only does he need you, he wants you. He chose you. You were picked for the team. It's time to get in the game. It's time to get in the game. Because we serve a big God who's got a big vision. And, you serve, and you're at a church that's got a big vision to reach his lost kids. And we need everybody in the game. Bow your heads with me all over the auditorium. You're here today and you say, man, I've been saying all month long I'm going to go to that table out there at the end, but I just keep passing it by. Or I just grab a cookie and I keep walking. But today is your day. Today is your day. Today is your day to say, yes, Lord, like the prophet Isaiah. Here I am, God. Send me. Here I am, God. If you can use anybody, let it be me. So today you're going to step over your doubts. You're going to step over your fears. You're going to step in the destiny, the calling that God has for your life. Because God needs you this church needs you because we got a world to reach we got people to reach in our communities we got people to reach through our online service we got people to reach all over the world we got churches to plant outreaches to do and it takes all of us saying God if you can use anybody let it be me here I am Lord I'm available he's not looking for your ability he's looking for your availability will you say God I'm available I'll I'll quit saying I don't have time. I'll quit saying my schedule's too full. I'll quit saying someone else will do that. I'll quit saying that that, that I'm unqualified. I'll quit using my past as an excuse for me not serving. And today I'm going to step out. I'm going to step out in faith and I'm going to say, here I am. I'm going to unwrap that gift that you gave me, God. I'm going to go out to that table today and talk with the team. I'm going to do it. I'm going to encourage you to do that. If you are not on the dream team, I'm going to encourage you to take that next step. Go talk to them at the info center at the conclusion of our time together. Now, I want to talk to somebody today who's far from God. Somebody who came into this place not knowing God personally. You don't have a relationship with him. Someone here today, you've been trying 
to find peace. You've been trying to find joy. You've been trying to find the meaning of life and you keep coming up empty because there is a God-sized void in your heart that can only be filled by him. A relationship can't fill it. A substance can't fill it. Money can't fill it. Only God can fill it. So we want to pray with you and lead you to a relationship with Jesus Christ. Then the second group of people, if you're here and you used to follow Christ, but for whatever reason, you've fallen away you need to rededicate your life today you know who you are before we pray we're not here to embarrass you to make you stand up or anything like that before we pray if you say Jacob that's me I need to give my life to Christ for the first time or I I need to rededicate my life today today is the day go ahead and wave your hand at me just throw it up right now thank you thank you thank you I see all those hands in the back yep thank you thank you thank you awesome thank you I see that hand over here thank you I see your hand Thank you. Anyone else? If you're thinking about it, think no longer. Just throw up that hand. If you're ready to surrender your life to Jesus, if you're ready for a fresh start, come on. Give it to Jesus. Give it to Jesus. Give your life to him. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. Let's say this prayer, church, together. Say, Jesus, today I receive you into my heart as my personal Lord and Savior. I believe you are the Son of God. And I believe that you died upon the cross for my sins. I repent of those sins today. And I make you the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Fuel Church, let's rejoice with our new family members. Come on. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with others. You can take a screenshot, post it on your social media, and tag us. If you ever have the opportunity, we'd love for you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings. For more information on our locations and service times, please visit us at thefuelchurch.com. We hope this message inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey. See you next week.